grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, anytime we pick up a Bible which modern day people can read, we're picking up a translation. From the very beginning, Christians have been translators of the Word of God. So today we're celebrating Pentecost, the birthday of the church. And in Acts chapter 2, that second reading, we saw, we remember, the Holy Spirit comes upon those first Christians. And what is the first thing they do? They begin speaking in different languages so that everyone in the hall could understand the word of God in their own tongue. They had a whole bunch of people gathered together from different countries in Jerusalem to celebrate the festival. So this is the first thing that the newborn church of Jesus does. It starts translating. So you could say translation is basic to who we are as Christians. At every Bible study here at St. John's, we're translating. Every sermon you hear is an act of translation. We are translating the story of God in Jesus Christ into our everyday language, hopefully, into our time, and into our situation right here. And the divine story, God's word, is becoming part of us. It's shaping us. So through the power of the Holy Spirit, God's story in Jesus Christ is not just a book on my shelf. It is my story. I have been put to death in my baptism into Jesus. Through the Holy Spirit, I have been raised in Christ. I live by the power of the Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit at work translating words on a page into power and life for you and me today. So as a follower of Jesus, too, I can go to the depths of Central Africa or to the most remote Pacific island, and I might not understand a word of what people are saying there. But if I meet a believer there, that is family. That is my brother. That is my sister. We are united by a bond that is stronger than any geographical, political, or racial distinction. We are blood. We're blood siblings through the blood of Jesus. We drink from the same cup. We are brothers and sisters who love and worship the same Father and who answer to the same King. So in that first lesson from Genesis, the world is shown under the power of sin. Well, it's shown as it is. It's broken and divided. So people are separated from each other by these different languages, geographical, political, racial barriers. It's interesting in Genesis... It's tragic that we're separated, but it's that God is protecting us in some mysterious but tragic way from each other and ourselves by doing that. And of course, you don't have to look far at all. In our own neighborhoods, sometimes in our own families, 
People are divided by hatreds, long-standing feuds and fears and jealousies. Well, what's happening at Pentecost in the big picture is that that sad story of brokenness and separation starts getting reversed. At Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon those followers of Jesus, the final age of the world began. You and I are living in the last chapter here. Everything is starting to come back together in the name of Jesus Christ. The old universe separated from God is expanding out into nothing, we know. It's going to dissolve. But now, through Jesus Christ, the Spirit is reuniting us with our loving Creator. He is bringing us back in. He's gathering us up and bringing us to the future that He has prepared for us. This is what the church has been doing from person to person for 20 centuries into our own neighborhoods and out to the farthest corners of the world. We have been heading out. We've been translating, proclaiming the word of God, bringing each new generation together in God's word. Uniting people as a family under a living God, a loving God, who will give his life to set them free. You know, one close-to-home example, just think of what our Sunday school teachers are doing every Sunday. The work of the Holy Spirit. They are translating the Word of God into the different languages which preschoolers and kindergartners and school-age kids and adults are using to understand and interpret this life. And when teachers share the Word with the fire of faith in their hearts and with love, that fire spreads. And the kids are not just getting tidbits of helpful information so that they can go out and make nice decisions. They are receiving power to go out into this world. Power to proclaim Jesus Christ. Power to live as victorious Christians, full of faith and hope and love. You know, as a Christian, I do not want my children just playing defense out there in the world in the middle of all these destructive powers. I want them to go out there in the spirit as victorious conquerors with the word of God. I want my kids to know that with Jesus, the gates of hell will never be able to prevail against them. And when the world tries to tell my children which powers they have to bow down to, I don't want my children to bow. I want them to speak back. I want them to speak back to the world and tell the world who the real king is.
Now, we should understand that the, sometimes we think of them as little things that we are doing here at St. John's. Sometimes we don't realize these are shaping our lives. These things we do, the Holy Spirit is using these things to make us conquerors, victorious messengers, people who live with power. What we do right here can have as powerful effect in a person's life. It can start something every bit as big as what happened in Acts chapter 2. And that is the truth. That is what God wants to have happen in every congregation. You know, in biblical Greek, the word for spirit is pneuma, which is breath. As in, God breathing his own life into the dust so that the dust can get up and be Adam. As in, Jesus breathing his resurrection life into his disciples. You know, in German, the Holy Spirit is Heiliger Geist. As in, holy gusto. Geist is not really like the English word ghost. We don't use that word much anymore, you might have noticed. It's because what's a ghost? It's the spirit of a dead person who's hanging around in an attic for a while, right? That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the animation of the living body. It's the gusto. And God will use our bodies. The Holy Spirit gives Christians the life and the gusto and the energy to be open, unashamed, fearless, joyful about their faith in Jesus Christ. And he's going to use our hands and feet and our brains and our vocal cords. He works his way through people. He is invisible, but the effects are visible. And through the proclamation of Jesus Christ, lives are changed. I see it all the time. People moving from despair to hope. Lost sheep finding forgiveness. Finding a place to come home to. You see new relationships of love and healing. They come into existence through the power of the Holy Spirit. And people who have... No other connection to each other, and probably would have no connection to each other. They come together as a family in the Holy Spirit, and they worship the true Lord of the universe together. That's the Holy Spirit. He's working. So a lot of things we do as God's church might seem small. For example, when we send gifts of food and clothing and school supplies out in the name of Jesus to people in need on the holidays or throughout the year, or when we send letters of encouragement to servicemen and women, when we work at the soup kitchen in Columbus, or when our youth go and repair homes for people in the name of Christ, or when they go on the Mexico mission trip, 
When we deliver beds for kids who don't have them. We're not just doing nice stuff here. We're sending a message. There's death and hopelessness out there. But they're not going to be able to stand against what you and I are sending out there. They can't stand against it. Whenever one of us visits someone in the hospital, shares someone's burden, we're not doing something just nice. A message is going out. We believe in a Lord who shares our burdens, a Lord who defeats death, a Lord who says that the last word is resurrection. So in all these things that we're doing, we are knocking the devil on his backside. We're defeating the power of death in the name of Jesus Christ. It will have to get out of our way. So during Easter, we've been focusing on Jesus' victory over everything that keeps us apart from our loving Father, over everything that keeps us down, tries to kill us. So Easter tells us there can be no further doubt as to how this war is going to end. And the victory march has begun. And here on Pentecost and for the following weeks this summer, you'll notice the camera angle just changes just a little bit. And this is where God is saying, don't watch the parade. Don't watch the parade. Get in the parade. And start throwing out those prizes. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.